Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Hi, I'm Kimberly Agoen, and this is Reset. This summer, a group of black alumni and current staff at the Second City wrote an open letter accusing the institution of racial discrimination, sparking a serious conversation about representation in the scene. What came out of that is now part of a larger local movement, ensuring Chicago continues to be a place that nurtures black comedians. Today, one of Chicago's very own is getting his breakout moment in the new Hulu comedy series, Woke. Here's a bit of the trailer. Did you guys lighten my photo? I look like Sammy Sosa. Uh, Am I too black for my own comic strip? Trust me, no one's going to ever accuse you of being too black. I'm sorry, what? Hmm? Now, we had to play that clip because, of course, Sammy Sosa was a Chicago Cubs superstar. Woke premieres today, and that breakout comedian is Chicago-based actor-comedian T. Murph. T. Murph, welcome to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, congratulations on the new role. How do you feel about breaking into the big Hollywood? It's an amazing feeling. I've just been getting so much um, positive feedback um, from like the New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, uh, the L.A. Times. They're all just talking about how I'm hilarious and all this. And I'm just like, whoa, like I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> That's right. But you you do know as a comedian, and of course you're from Chicago, that yes. your biggest critics will be the people from your neighborhood and those who you tried to make laugh all while you were growing up. How do they feel about it? You know what's what's crazy? They're actually showing me love. Um, you know, and, and, and I appreciate that because definitely it's always people that'll see you stand up or whatever and be like, you know what? I, don't, I mean, I... He all right. He ain't ain't burning Mac. I mean, he cool. They always got to give you the tell you who you're not. It's like, hey, man, I'm me. But it's funny because when you're, you know, when you're at home with these people, you're growing up, you're always hilarious. But then when you get on TV, it's like, "Ah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I I could probably do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Now, tell our listeners about the storyline. I'm not going to give anything away, though. Don't Uh do that. Okay. Okay. The story is based uh, around the cartoonist Keith Knight. It's loosely based on his life. Lamore Morris plays Keith Knight. Um, he goes through a through an event that kind of causes him to open his eyes. Beforehand, he was a very, you know, whitewashed guy. Didn't really see too much racism and uh, never really thought it would affect him just because of the type of individual that he was. And after he goes through this event, you know, he starts to interact with inanimate objects that are talking to him. Right. These inanimate objects, you know, are voiced by people like Eddie Griffin and Nicole Byer, Cedric the Entertainer, J.B. Smooth. And he's the only person that can hear these objects. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you have to figure out, is he going crazy? Is Is his third eye open? Like, what's going on? And I play Clovis. Clovis is his friend and roommate. He is a character. He's also like, 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's a wild dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hustler, man. Clovis is gonna get his get his dollar by any means necessary, and he also thinks he's a ladies' man. But as the show goes on, you kind of see Clovis has no idea what women want. He just thinks he does because most times, you know, people confuse him for other black celebrities because he has a beard. Right. So, you know, they're that like, was oh, hilarious. <laughs> And it doesn't matter what height they really are or it, doesn't. it does not. It does not. It's yeah. like, is that James Harden? Never right. mind the fact that he's five four. That must be James Harden. You yeah. know? And uh we have Blake Anderson who plays Gunther. Gunther is also a character in himself. Uh you'll see why. He he has this all these get rich schemes and man, sometimes you just have to look at Gunther and be like, Man, what are you doing? Right. Um so, I mean, between the three of us, we we have this bond. And, you know, my whole thing is, you know, I want Keith to maintain his sanity while also still trying to achieve, you know, his goal of success, regardless of if his mental state is okay. You know, it's like, hey, man, you know, the money will make you feel better. And Gunther is more like, hey, dude, you know, maybe you need to take a moment and think about it. So, I mean, it's an all-star cast. You have Sashir Zamata. Uh, Rose MacGyver from iZombie. It's insane just to be a part of this for uh, my first huge role. So since we're talking about your character, Clovis, in particular, mm-hmm. and how he mm-hmm. just kind of thinks tall, you know, and he, 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 <laughs> he he's every, every man that he wants to be, right? How yes. much of yourself are you bringing to that character, T. Murph? You know what? It's a lot of myself. And I say that outside of just some of the things that he does or says to Keith, I really try to embody Clovis and make him as close to me as possible because that would make it easier for it to come across on screen as believable. So a lot of the things that you see, it's me. And they let me riff and kind of play around with the script at times. And clearly, apparently it came out funny because I've been getting tweets and you know, people add me on Snapchat and Instagram. Oh, man, dude, you funny. I'm just like, all right, all right but thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was yeah, thinking about, about one. 85%. I was thinking about one scene in particular. And let, let's hear a little bit from the show. This is you as Clovis with mm-hmm. the character who plays Keith Lamorne Morris. You just stumbled on a white woman's wallet. We got to turn it in. <laughs> oh, so, so you feel like spending what? The rest of the night explaining why there's no money in there? And what if she's missing? What if she's dead and raped in Golden Gate Park? Oh, my God. Why do you always assume the worst? Because when you assume the worst, you can't be surprised when it actually happens. A wise man once said, you should never judge a wallet by the color of its owner's skin. Okay. Sometimes a lost wallet is just that, a lost wallet. Now, excuse me, while I do the right thing. Okay, cool. Hey! Why would you do that? Exactly. You you pretty much take the wallet and throw it as far as you can possibly throw it. This is a comedy that focuses on black issues with a majority black cast, which is a really great cast, by the way. Um, how does your own personal experience inform how you're playing this part of Clovis? In the first episode, when you see how Clovis reacted to to Keith's trauma, you know, it's just like, hey, man, we all go through that. Me as a black man and as a as a, as a teenager, I've, I've I've already been through that. You okay. know, I've had interactions, you know, with police. I've had interactions with police brutality. Yes. And it's something that it's sad to say, but growing up in the neighborhoods that we grew up in, it's just part of the norm. And you're used to it. 
So when you see him coming, it's like, oh, man, here we go. And you, you assume the position. You get slammed on the ground. You get cuffed for no reason. They so ch- you've been slammed you. on the ground before. I've been literally beat on by a police officer. Wow. Yeah, in high school. My freshman year of high school. Yeah. Mm. What yeah. high school did you go yeah. to, T-Murph? I'm from Kankakee, Illinois. So I was raised in Kankakee. I went to Kankakee High School. Okay. And uh, after that instance, I was expelled because the police officer lied. And, of course, we know their word is much much more powerful than, than, than ours. Mm-hmm. And I had to finish high school in Moments Community High School. So that's where I graduated from. Okay. So you've experienced it firsthand, and you definitely wanted to bring that out. And you did. You did a great job of doing yeah. that in that first episode. And just the, the shock on his face of having to go mm-hmm. through this and not believing what's happened. And then also just the difference in the way he was treated from his roommate was, was very exactly. glaring. Uh, what other sorts of social justice issues does the show tackle? It stumbles upon not just the police brutality, but how there's so many different aspects outside of social ju- social justice, how, many, how there's so many different types of black people. I'll say that like people feel like we're monolith. Right. And we're not. So when when you look at somebody like Keith Knight, you assume he only hangs with one type of black person and or he all of his friends are white. And then you have somebody like Clovis who's attached to Keith Knight. And I think that's really important to show, you know, those two different parallels, because a lot of people don't understand that. My brother may be super into anime and be uh, a comic and what people call a nerd or a blurred. And then, you know, my other brother may be the street guy or whatever, but we come up in the same household. It's just not one particular type of black person. There's so many different variations of us out there. And this show shows that because when you look at it, what is woke? Hmm. Nobody can give you a definition of what woke is. I've had several interviews where people have asked me, hey, you know, T-Murph, are you woke? And I, was, I will say, no, I'm aware. Okay. Because if I say I'm woke, then I'll have my Instagram feed will go crazy with people. Oh, you ain't woke. <laughs> you, 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 you working in the industry. Yeah. Is that, are those Jordans? You wear Jordan? You support somebody? That, it's like, there's, you're there's not, so many different. You're not <laughs> wearing the woke package, T-Murph. <laughs> you didn't get the, the woke so, kit. So, yeah, so I just feel like, you know, Woke is just really one of those shows where it's tackling so many different issues and it's combating all of them. Because when you look at Keith, you look at Clovis, you look at Gunther, you look at Ayana, you look at Rose, everybody is their own different level of Woke. And to whoever that particular audience is that identifies with their character, they are Woke. And there is one scene in which uh, another character puts her ideas off on to Keith which is interesting. Mm-hmm. She has a very different perception about his comic, you know, his his comic strip than what he has. Yes. So that's a really good scene that you really just kind of summarized right there. Um, yes. But here's the thing. The idea was also developed with black screenwriter Marshall Todd, who's known for his work on the movie, which we all know and love, Barbershop. Uh, knowing uh-huh. there's a movement right now to diversify Hollywood in general, what does having black talent across the board lend to the storytelling process? It helps actually get our point across and it helps knowing having somebody that knows our voice. Uh, a lot of times these these rooms are filled with white writers. Right. And even if there are black characters on the show, you can't really speak in my voice or write in my voice. So the things that you're saying or the things that I'm doing isn't something that that's will be relatable to the black community. And it's not just the writers. It's the production, it's the directors. It's, it'll go down to the makeup artist. There's been times where I have been 
on a show and had a makeup artist that literally knew nothing about how to properly cover me or how to match We've up all my gone skin through tone. That. Mm. Come, come on. I had I, I had a makeup artist one time try to shape my beard up. Oh, it was no issues in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Those are fighting so, words. Know, exactly. So it, it's just, it, it, having this moment right now means a lot, especially to people that aren't in the industry, but to us as well, because, you know, a lot of times they feel like, oh, they're on TV. They made it. I'm like, we're not represented well, especially on these sets. And I'm happy that people are speaking out on it because we need that. Definitely. We need that representation. Team Earth, obviously there are some heavy issues in Woke, but there is mm -hmm. also comedy. How would you yes. characterize the style of comedy of this particular show? A lot of people thought it was going to be like it's just a sitcom. It's not really sitcom-y. If I'm comparing it to a show, I would look at it like it's a close relative to Atlanta. That's the type of humor that you're going to get in there because Atlanta, there are times when, you know, people would think you shouldn't be laughing where you are literally in tears because you can relate to what's happening. This show has moments where, you know, there'll be tension. There'll be tension in the show. There'll be tension in the room. You can see how awkward it is. Yeah. And then Clovis will say something insane that'll just break the tension and have everybody uh, at home dying laughing. And a lot of times or that have... comedy is the ridiculousness, to make up a word, mm -hmm. of the situation. Yes. Absurdity yes. of the situation. Yes. Like, there, we, we have an episode. The title of the episode is Black People for Rent. Okay. And just that episode itself will make you look and be like, what is going on? But once you see the episode and just, again, as you say, the ridiculousness of it yeah. and how absurd things are and Clovis and his antics and Gunther, oh man, it, it just, it, it makes for great television. So you, <laughs> you got your chops here, right? A lot of young talent yes. coming up in the business are going to look at your success and ask, how did mm -hmm. he do that? So what would you say your journey was like? My journey was, was the same as many others, you know, hustling and grinding here taking acting classes. Uh, my mom drove me back and forth to Pivot School of Theater. Okay. Um, you know, when, when, I was, uh, when I was younger. So so not like last year. She wasn't driving you last year. It was when you oh, were probably no, like 14. <laughs> my mom still drives younger me. Younger than that. From, from, <laughs> okay. about, from about eight years old to about 12 years old. She was oh, taking great. me to Pivot School of Theater. Yep, in Evanston. You know, I always took drama. I, I, I studied theater when I was in high school. I did some in college. And I ended up picking up a microphone in 2010. Fell in love with stand-up comedy, and really stand-up comedy is what got me to where I am now. It helped me find a manager. My manager connected me with my agent, like all of that from stand-up comedy. So it's the um, I'm not telling part. everybody to go do stand-up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not telling everybody to go do stand-up. But it Let's sounds like it's a, it's a good proving <laughs> ground. That is where you, you know, get your successes and also people tear you apart. So you really have to be mm -hmm. in sync with the audience. Yeah, you, have to, mm -hmm. you have to have tough skin. Yeah. Because this industry, I always tell people, you can't be afraid of no. I have literally been told no, it has to be over 50,000 times. Easy. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, no. Festivals, shows, regular comedy clubs, bookings, um, commercials, TV show, whatever it was, no. But it only takes one yes to change your life. And this has been 10 years in the making of, of doing stand-up. But then also... Outside of stand-up, you got to go back to the years of acting. It's years of it. So it's, 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 not a, it's not an overnight sensation thing. You have to work hard at it. 
So I want to play some sound of a local improviser that our friends at Curious City collected. This is Angela Oliver talking about her experience at Second City. He just kept saying, play closer to yourself, play closer to yourself. And I was thinking, this dude doesn't know me. What was he? I felt that there was some racism happening because I know that feeling. It's happened a lot. So I went out there intentionally, played a very over-the-top stereotypical Black trope, and he just lit up and was like, wow, Angela, that was the closest I've ever seen you play to yourself. Oh, does her experience mm-hmm. resonate? Oh, you said, mm-hmm, so it does resonate with you. Listen, there's been times one, and I'll put it out here, in Chicago, before I received Woke, every role I went out for was thug, gangster, armed robber, every single role that I went in and read for. Mm. It was never like happy-go-lucky guy. It was it was literally never. like, we need a gangster today. Mm. We need you to, can you, can, I mean, can you play it? Do you, you don't have like a do-rag? I just, I don't know. You're not really giving it to me. Can you can you be a little more urban? Like, these are things that people say to you in those casting rooms. And you're looking at them like, have you lost your mind? Yeah. But that's what you go through. And that's what people talk about. When, when people talk about microaggressions, that's what we mean. Like, say what you really want to say. Because in your mind, again, they think all the Black people are monoliths. So when you look around, it's like, oh, man, OK, they're uh, south side of Chicago. That's where you live. OK, well, give, give me that south side of Chicago. Right. Like, no, man, I just I just reside here. That's like, right. and everybody on the south side doesn't act like that. But that's in their mind. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, T-Murph, with this <laughs> with this new role, you are doing your part to change that, change the landscape oh, yes. out in Hollywood. And we want to thank you so much for joining us. That's T. Murph, Chicago comedian and actor who has a breakout role starring in Hulu's new comedy series, Woke. The show's out today, so go check it out at Hulu, and it's available for streaming. T. Murph, we want to thank you so much for being with us and come back again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And that's today's Reset. For more conversations with the people that make Chicago great, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Or ask your smart speaker to play WBEZ's Reset. I'm Kimberly Agoen. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you right back here tomorrow for another Reset from WBEZ Chicago. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.